<laughs> All right, everybody. So thanks for tuning in again today to peeling back the fourth wall. So um, we are changing the format again. Uh, we're going to be doing one episode a week um, at this point. So we're going to kind of combine, uh, you know, what our Wednesday episode would be with our Monday news news segment. Uh, so we'll start out with, um, you know, new fresh content, uh, you know, something new out of the box uh, ideas or concepts. And then uh, the later part of the episode will be the news snooze. So you can uh, get some updates if you want to, but if you don't, uh, you can always uh, stop right there as well. So Aurora is excited about this. Uh, she we recently started doing a sports podcast as well, and uh, it's just been a little too much for her. So uh, she's excited to uh, dwindle this down to one day a week, um, but you know, lengthen the episode a bit as well. So we'll probably end up going somewhere around you know 35, 40 minutes here today, uh, maybe a little bit less. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm super excited about uh, today's episode. Obviously, uh, this past Sunday was Mother's Day, and for that reason, we wanted to do a special um, podcast uh, regarding mothers. Uh, so we're going to be uh, discussing uh, some of the worst movie moms that you may never have thought about. Uh, we'll talk about some that are kind of obvious in the beginning uh, and discuss a little bit about those. Then we'll get into some of the moms that, guys, like... You probably never thought about it, or maybe you didn't even know they were a mom. There's one that's going to be a little bit crazy later on, um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to get into this. So with that being said, um, Aurora says that she has a wonderful mom, um, as well as myself. I have a wonderful mother as well, who's uh, hopefully listening to this, uh, but uh, we wanted to share some of the horrible mothers out there in movies. So we'll start off with some of the obvious ones here. And, you know, again, this is, there's so many movies out there, so much content out there. There's obviously so much that we haven't seen. These are movies that we have seen, things that are kind of to the front of our minds. Obviously, there's plenty that should be on this list, um, but we're only talking about just the few here. So, first is The Evil Queen from Snow White, okay? Now, yeah, she's not the official mom. She's a stepmother. I get that. She's a stepmother, Snow White. But, look, she tried to... She hired a hitman to kill her, right? Just because she was listed as being fairer than her. And then then she tried to kill her herself. So it's not just one attempt of killing her stepdaughter. It's two, all right? Now, a lot of people will be like, oh, it doesn't qualify. She's not a real mom. Yeah, well, she's a stepmother, and for... You know, women out there that are stepmoms and have adopted kids or anything like that, you you understand that you're you're pretty much their mother. So there there's no real difference there. So anyway, uh, that's that's a really bad one there. Um, another obvious one would be Senna, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, from Moana. Um, and we're keeping with Disney for these obvious ones because I think they're the ones that are pretty mainstream. Most people know them. Senna from Moana. Um, she is a good mom. She's, you know, very relaxed, doesn't really say all that much. Um, you know, her dad, Moana's dad's quite a bit more outspoken in the movies. And because of that, um, you know, you really don't get a sense of who Senna really is. But we do get a few things here that lead us to let us know 
a little bit of what kind of mom she is. Now, a lot of people is going to be like, oh, my God, how dare you say that a real Disney mom is like a bad mom? But here's the thing, guys. She doesn't really speak up or say much for her daughter very often. The only way that she does is to directly go against her father, which is team splitting. And for parents, you should never team split. You should be a united front. Uh, you need to talk about these things before you go off and, and tell your kid something before the other one doesn't know what's going on. And this is exactly what she did because she helped Moana go get on a raft and go out to the dangerous sea, which killed her husband's best friend. Like, this is a dangerous thing. It has killed someone close to their family, and her mom encouraged this when the dad directly did not want her to do this. So, yeah, I know it all ended up good because of a Disney movie and everything, but Cinna didn't know this was a Disney movie. She didn't know everything was going to turn out great. She sent her daughter off to possibly go get killed when there's been evidence of other people dying there before. So, I don't think that's a really good decision. Um, one, the team splitting, and second, sending your daughter to an area by herself. By herself, okay? It's not like she went with her. She sent her by herself into the sea. I don't think that's a good idea. Next up, um, this one's very obvious. Mother Gothel from Tangled. Um, you know, so basically, she kidnaps Rapunzel, you know, from her parents. You know, she keeps her locked up in a tower and, you know, uses her to stay young. Um, and, you know, shelters her from everything in, in the world, you know. It, this is really, really bad because it's so selfish. You know, it's not even looking out for the kid in any way, shape, or form. It is just literally being selfish, um, using the kid to stay young. So she uses Rapunzel to stay young. And it's just a really, really sad situation. Um, but, yeah, that's essentially what's going on in Tangled there. So next is Lady Tremaine from Cinderella. So Lady Tremaine is the mom of the stepsisters, okay? So she, um, the evil stepsisters for, for Cinderella, she's their mother. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she just treats her awful. You know, she makes her basically a maid in the house. And so, obviously, that's not good for a mom to do and a mom to be, um, so, yeah, we, we know. Obviously, these were the obvious ones. I keep saying obviously because these were supposed to be the obvious ones. But now we're going to get into some that you guys might not have even thought about. Um, so, first off, we're jumping into the Jurassic Park franchise with Kelly's mom, okay? Kelly is the um, African-American daughter of um, Ian Malcolm in the second Jurassic Park movie franchise. Uh, Ian Malcolm talks about kelly's mother toward the beginning of the film in which he talks about how she splits for paris um and left you know and dumped kelly on ian's plate basically uh here in the u.s still so here's the thing if you're a parent you're a mother and ian malcolm is the father of your child he is known for going from woman to woman, looking for the next Mrs. Malcolm in his words from Jurassic Park 1, and getting into serious danger in Jurassic Park, uh, getting into legal issues with 
you know, Jurassic Park, you know, executives and things like that, uh, talking about how he wrote a book and all these things about it. And a lot of scrutiny, a lot of criticism of him and his beliefs and his thoughts and things like that out there in the public. So as a mother, you should naturally want to keep your daughter away from this guy if you're if you're not staying together so you break up with him and you leave your daughter with him like that is really irresponsible as a mother okay that's like the worst because you are saying hey i know that your dad's a piece of crap um but you know and everybody thinks he's a piece of crap and it's probably not safe for you to stay with him you're going to get a lot of ridicule at school and things like that for him being your father and everything. But you know what? I'm just going to leave you and let him take care of you. That's totally irresponsible. You should never, never do that. I mean, and not even be a part of her life anymore. So that was, that's a mom that a lot of people don't think about that was mentioned in the Jurassic Park series that really was a bad mother. Um, next is, this is going to be controversial, Bella from Twilight. Okay. And the big reason I have Bella from Twilight on this list is because Bella... For the for the purpose of before she was a mother, I mean she was she was absolutely stupid and and she frustrated me more than probably any woman on screen in many movies because she went back and forth between guys and you know was kissing different guys in different scenes in different movies over and over and like couldn't figure out what she wanted and you know it's just frustrating as heck to me because it's like if a guy does that oh he's a jerk if a girl does that oh she's so she's so conflicted it, she it's so hard for her to figure out what she really wants like okay well th you know what that's that's a little bit different of a story when a guy does the same thing so whatever besides that when she becomes a mother jacob who's a werewolf one of the guys that was trying to get with her and be with her um, imprints on her daughter, unborn daughter, by the way. And so for those of you who don't understand, imprinting on someone basically means I want to mate with them. I want to be with them. I want to sleep with them. Okay. So Bella was okay with this. She had no issues with this. She like, she was fine with him protecting her daughter. Her daughter, who was unborn, he wanted to sleep with her unborn child. And she was like, okay, cool. I don't got to deal with you now. I can just be with Edward. How is that okay? How is that okay? That There's some serious issues going on with that, okay? And a lot of people overlook this and don't think too much into it. But my gosh, if you guys really think about it, this is messed up really messed up so anyway yeah that's a really bad situation there and i don't know how she was able to like overlook that situation Ugh, whatever so moving on next is bellatrix lestrange okay and this is the one that a lot of people probably don't even realize about bellatrix and you know the fact that her and voldemort had a child together okay so this this for the backstory on this you know they would have had a child somewhere around um, after Order of the Phoenix. Um, probably, most likely, it's probably between Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince, if I had to guess. It, it, most likely, that's when the pregnancy would have happened and she would have had um, 
his child. If I had to to guess, that would have been it. But so she had this, and you know, it's in it's in the books that this is accurate because in the cursed child, like her daughter is the main villain in the cursed child. Okay, so that's that's the big thing of it. But here's here's the issue with her as it, as it relates to this podcast is as a mother obviously one she shouldn't have been a mother because she was she was bonkers guys she was absolutely bonkers off the walls but from a standpoint of she went to fight in the war at Hogwarts with the father of her child so that's irresponsible on multiple levels because here's the thing back in the day when there was all the wars going on the great war and things like that the mom stayed home with the kid because if the dad died at war they still had their mother okay and i'm pretty sure it would be the same way if it was reversed nowadays if a, if a woman went to war and i'm sure this happens all the time the guy is not in the war as well Okay, if there's two military people in the family, only one of them is active military, if I had to guess. Because both of them having a chance to go out and be killed is completely irresponsible because you're going to end up having a very high chance of orphaning your child. So why would you do that? I don't understand that. So that's the thing. That's one of the big things that gets me here. Obviously, from a mental capacity, she was bonkers. There was something wrong with her uh, mentally. And she never should have bared a child. But the fact that she did, and she didn't take up the responsibility of not going and putting herself in harm's way because she was bloodthirsty to, you know, go kill muggleborns and things like that. That's just really irresponsible, guys. Really irresponsible. So, next one here is another really controversial one, and this is Tonks from... Harry Potter, and I know she's a beloved character, and a lot of people really like Tonks. Um, but the thing is that it's the same thing as Bellatrix. Um, one, she was she was a little crazy as well. She's a little a little bonkers from the movies, at least from what I remember. Um, but second, she went to battle at Hogwarts, and again left they left their child orphaned and. It was it was a very sad moment in the movies. I hated that this happened, and um, it was really sad to think about. And I know they really kind of sped through it in the movies, which was good, um, because I don't think people really wanted to have that level of thinking of the sadness of this, that, oh, wow, both of them died, their child is orphaned. They kind of sped through it, didn't talk too much about them having a child, which I think was really good. Because, again, it would have been a really deep level of sadness there for people. I don't think people really wanted that at the time. But she chose to go and be a part of that. And as a, being responsible for a child, as a mother, the first thing is it, it, it's not just the child's safety. Like The first thing is almost your safety above that. Because if you're not safe and you're not okay, if something happens to you, no one will be there for the child. And she decided to put herself in harm's way. So that was that was upsetting. A lot of people didn't think about it that way because it wasn't really pushed out in the movies. But again, it's one of those you probably wouldn't have thought about. She was a mother, and 
It was a very bad decision there, I think, that she made. So next is Shmi Skywalker, okay? And this will probably be a controversial one as well. So Shmi Skywalker from the Star Wars series, uh, episode one, is really when she was prevalent. Um, she appeared again in episode three um, when she died. But she, you know, chose a better life for her son, let him leave to go be a part of the Jedi, which was great. Good choice for her. Um, but then we find out later in episode three that she is free or she has been freed. Uh, she was bought by a moisture farmer, um, Lars, um, uh, Lars and, uh, Lars Skywalker or not Skywalker. Um, whatever his name was, I can't remember it now, but Lars was his first name. So she was bought by him. Um, he married her and freed her, um, of slavery and here's the issue I have with this. If you think about it, put yourself in their shoe, their her shoes, whether it was a, a man or a woman. You know, if you're a father or a mother to a child, you let them leave to go be a part of this thing because it's going to make their life that much better than what you can provide, right? You know they're going to have a better quality of life by doing this thing, and you let them go in a very unselfish manner to, to do that and be a part of that. Great, I understand it, absolutely fine, no issue with that. In her circumstance, it makes sense. But in the sense that you have a chance where you're free and everything, she never once reached out to Anakin. She never once sent a, a, anything, a, a correspondence, a, a telegram, a message of any kind to Anakin. You're free. You're free. You have the chance now to, one, not just communicate with your son, but go see him. Okay, she could have left and went and seen him somewhere. And yeah, maybe they didn't have the money for that or whatever. I get it. But sending a message across the galaxy. Okay, guys, look, I guarantee the intergalactic postal service that they have in Star Wars is not going to charge an arm and a leg to send a message. Okay, so they definitely could have done that. And uh, the fact that they didn't, to me, is like, wow, did she kind of forget about him? Did she not want anything to do with him anymore does she you know was he done with her life and she was just like oh fine i don't want to open that back up that's kind of what it feels like there if you think about it she never tried to reach out to him and i think that's something that uh that she should have done now maybe there's something in the star wars comics or storyline and things like that in the books that kind of details that you know she was not supposed to ever reach back out to him. You know, maybe that's something that is there. Um, again, I don't do the books and things like that, but maybe that's something with these Jedi because they are taken at a very young age most of the time, uh, usually a lot younger than him. And the parents are, you know, never to have a bond or relationship with their kids. As soon as, soon as they are taken with by the Jedi, they're never supposed to have that relationship with him any, a relationship anymore. They're never supposed to know of their parents anymore after that. So it's interesting because maybe that played a dynamic in it, but it was never talked about in the movie. So that could be a flaw in the movies there of a detail that they should have added to make this kind of make better sense and make her not seem to be like... A bad mom but from the sense of just the movies and what they provided us it's really not it really doesn't look good on her end so 
Last one here on the list, and this is one that's kind of funny. Um, this is Sam Witwicky's mom from the Transformers franchise. Okay, so Sam Witwicky, uh, if you guys have not seen the Transformers movies, please watch the Transformers movies. Watch the first, watch the second. Um, you know, yes, the human parts of it are really frustrating. You know, Shia LaBeouf's frustrating, but um, his mother is really quite comical in the franchise, but um, she is scatterbrained. She is oblivious to everything. Like, this woman had to be, like, off her rocker on something all the time because she was just she was just a dingbat, really. Um, she was shocked to see that her son had a girlfriend, and, like, as soon as he did, she was, like, super proud and happy of him and was like, oh, my gosh, you have her? Wow, she's gorgeous. She's she's this. She's, like, she was so proud of him for that. And it's like, if you're a mom, would you, would you really react that way? I don't know if you would really react like that i'm i'm not sure and um then the funniest thing was like when he went to college they showed up to see him at college and she had bought uh some uh brownies with something a little special baked in them and uh, she actually got high off of eating those on campus so uh she got high off eating those on campus and she was running around campus like acting ridiculous and saying stupid things and because she was high in public on campus uh with him so it's pretty irresponsible mom there i i don't think that uh a lot of people would think that she uh did a really great job of being a mother to sam witwicky but yeah if you guys get a chance to watch those movies please watch she's really comical in that um as far as how ridiculous uh she is in those films Okay, so that being said, that was the list of um, you know worst movie moms. Um, you know some of the obvious ones, and then some of the ones you may not have really thought about. Uh, you know, what did you guys think? Was there some there that you didn't think about? You didn't know? Were there things that you um, you know just didn't really think about before? From oh wow, she was a mother, and yeah, she probably shouldn't have done that, or or whatever. Um, but yeah, just very interesting there with some of those characters. Um, now we will jump into the news snooze segment and Aurora is um, laying down for her nap right now. So that's great. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Aurora is the two-year-old dachshund on the cover art of this podcast. Um, she is a huge movie fan, TV fan, and uh, is a big reason for a lot of the content on here. So uh, we will start with the news snooze. So give you guys some updates recently. First off... Um, Dave Bautista, who, you know, for those of you who don't know, he plays Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies in the, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, really quite concerning for me. Uh, he's recently come out and talked about how um, Drax does not die or is not going to die in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. However, he has said that he believes that the character should be recast after Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And this is really disheartening for me. It, it's very upsetting. Like, when you have characters, and, and this is the thing that the, this is the thing that Disney and the MCU has avoided so far. And they have been so lucky in how they've avoided it so far as far as, you know, recasting characters and things like that when they actually got the MCU up and going. Um, because that would have happened for a lot of other you know, companies, and they've done a great job of keeping that from happening, but Dave Batista 
you know, obviously he feels that his character is not, you know, getting enough limelight. He's not getting his own solo film or anything like that. And he doesn't feel like he's really going to be a part of a lot of things moving forward. So it's like, you know, I'm a talented person. You know, I, I really think that they're not using me for my talents uh, as well as I would like. So they should just move forward and recast the character to someone else. And I get that. It's going to happen, guys. I'm really worried about this um, happening with other uh, Marvel characters and um, actors and, and actresses because, yeah, they're all very talented. And Disney does a great job of going out and getting some of the best people. And if you do not continue to challenge them, if you do not continue to use them for the level of um, uh, talent that they are and the, the level of the celebrity that they are, at some point, they're going to feel like they're not getting their worth from being there. And I completely understand it. Um, you know, they will want to work on other things and spend their time with other stuff that they can be more of a star with. And it makes a lot of sense. So um, this is a little concerning for me um, because it could bleed into some other actors as well. You know, who knows if some of the story arcs, things like that, Captain America and, and Robert Downey Jr., who knows? If some of those things happened um, as far as those characters changing and stuff within the plots because those actors were maybe done with it. They, they didn't want to do it anymore. So who knows? This could be just the first time that um, someone who wasn't a lead lead person, you know, they're sitting there saying like, hey, I don't know if, you know, it's really worth it for me to do this. So that's very upsetting because I don't I hope this doesn't bleed over into other characters. I hope this doesn't bleed over into other roles um, because it really hurts the quality of the films. Um, it hurts the quality of the cinematic universe they're creating um, and the timelines of everything. Uh, you know, so it, I hope that they're able to appease him, uh, maybe make a solo film with him uh, in some way. Um, but yeah, definitely concerning right there. All right, next, uh, Quiet Place 2 getting a shorter theatrical run, okay? Now, this is not a huge piece of, of news as far as, you know, a movie getting a shorter theatrical run because that's going to start happening all over the place. However, the issue is the cast is now battling with the uh, studios over the pay that they should they should get. Uh, because the studios, obviously, they're not going to make as much money because the theatrical run is going to be shorter. So the actors are getting paid less than what they had originally anticipated in getting for the film. So now, you know, Emily Blunt is one of the actors in this uh, film, and, you know, her and the other actors are battling with the production company on the pay that they should be owed. So that's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how this works and how it goes. Um, but I could see this possibly happening with some other films as well, the way that theatrical releases and things are all fluctuating and changing right now. So, yeah, stay tuned on that. We will see how it continues to work as time goes on. Next, uh, keeping on the theatrical runtime um, tune here, Cinemark has signed a deal with Disney, Sony, Paramount, and Warner Brothers for theatrical releases. Now, while we do not know the details of the deal that they signed with Disney, Sony, Paramount, and Warner Brothers, we do know that it includes a shorter theatrical runtime. 
in the deal than what we had before, which essentially, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, theatrical runtime means the time that these movies are in theaters and you cannot stream them. You can't buy them on DVD. The only place you can watch them is in the theaters, and that's how the theaters make their money. Because if you can watch it at home, you can watch it at home. You're going to save some money and watch it at home. But um, shorter theatrical runtime is something that theaters have not wanted to do, but now they're kind of having to make these deals to do that just to survive right now. So Cinemark has made this deal. We don't know the timeline. We don't know the details of it. But we know that Universal signed a deal with Cinemark recently, and we do know some of the details there. That is a shorter runtime of 17 days, okay, which is historically really low, I believe. Um, 17 days for a Universal film to be in Cinemark cinemas, all right? Now, here's the kicker, though. If the film grosses a certain amount of money, I want to say it's like $50 million or something like that. If the film grosses a certain amount of money within the time that it's in theaters, then it gets extended from 17 days to 31, okay? Which I think is perfect. I, I think it makes a lot of sense because, you know, the movies are able to keep something there and continue to, to pipe the money through theaters, help keep them alive, help pump th pump in that money that they get from it. And then if it's if it's not doing that well, boom, okay, we're going to go to streaming now because it wasn't a huge money maker. But if it is a big money maker, keep letting that money flow and let your streaming funds come in a little bit later cuz it's just more money overall for the for the studios and things as well. So, I think that's a great contract. Hopefully, the deal with Disney, Sony, Paramount, and Warner Brothers is all the same as well. Um, I really hope that's the case because um, these these theaters, you know, it, it's just going to be such a challenge for anyone to go and watch these films if they're going to be able to watch it just a couple weeks later um, at home or on their streaming service. Um you know, so that that is the thing. Now, with some of the streaming services, if people don't have it, you know, if you don't have Paramount Plus or you don't have, um, you know, Peacock or whatever it is that these uh, movies are going to be on, yeah, you're probably going to rush to the theaters to, to get to watch it before it goes on the streaming platform because you don't have that streaming platform. So I get that. Um, but that's going to be kind of a rarity, I think, for people to end up doing that. So interesting to see. Um, hopefully it's similar to the Universal deal and... Uh, the theaters can continue to uh, thrive as entertainment opens back up in the U.S. So next up, um, talking about Universal, Universal's partnership with Nintendo. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So the Universal partnership with Nintendo is bringing to the big screen a Super Mario animated film, which is wonderful for Nintendo fans, Mar uh, Mario fans, uh, video game fans, it, it's very great. Uh, you know, we're all interested to see that. Now, it's a little bummer for me that it's not live action because I think that would be really cool today's technology. Um, although they have done a Super Mario live action film before. If you guys have not seen it, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, please look it up and go watch it. It's a couple plumbers that become like Mar it's Mario and Luigi and they're a couple plumbers and they have to save a princess from these like crocodile looking things and is really really funny so go back and check that out it's a really funny film from back in the day 
But so it's not a live action, which is fine uh, in this situation. Um, you know, Universal puts out some really good, high quality animated films right now. So a Super Mario animated film would be really good. But that also doesn't close the door from other films. So maybe we will get to see a animated Zelda film coming from uh, Universal. Maybe we'll get to see a Donkey Kong film come from Universal. Uh, so I think this is awesome. I'm super excited about it. There's so many Nintendo products out there uh, that they could do such a good job with. You know, Samus, uh, Samus Aran would be a really good one. Um, Fox, uh, the the like Star Trooper type character, that would be a really cool segment to do. I mean, there's so many things that they could uh, really get into here from a Nintendo standpoint. So, uh, looking forward to that. Sticking with kind of thinking about Nintendo, actually, though. Justice Smith, who, um, an actor from the Detective Pikachu movie, uh, has come out and said that he doesn't think that Detective Pikachu 2 will happen. All right? And here's the thing, guys. I, I wanted to do an entire podcast about this, and I may do another one at some point about it. Detective Pikachu, for those who are Pokemon fans... You were very excited for this movie. I was very excited for this movie. I was hyped. I could not get to the theaters quick enough to see this movie. And while the graphics looked good, the creatures looked good. They did a great job with the CGI. Yes, some of it some of it was tacky. I, I get some of that. I know some people didn't like the way they went with it. But they did a good job. From a quality of film standpoint. For the storyline. For the story arc. The Detective Pikachu was just the wrong way to go about it. I think everybody would have loved. Loved to have seen Ash Ketchum. And Pikachu. And their merry band go at go into the world of Pokemon. And you could have literally streamed this out and had eight films of live action films of Ash Ketchum battling each gym leader in each film. You know, and you could have had you could have had ten if you did two of them uh, with the um, the Elite Four. You know, to become like the I can't remember what it's called the the Hoenn Region Pokemon Master or whatever it is, like. You, so upsetting, guys. It's so upsetting because that movie. I was so excited, and they did such a good job with the graphics and stuff. I loved it in the beginning, but the story was a little too cheesy for me. It just, it was, it could have been done better. Where it was more action packed. You didn't get to really see the Pokemon fight. That's what Pokemon fans want to see. They want to see these Pokemon get out there and get after it, and you know, fight each other and and see how all their moves work and things on camera, and we didn't really get to see that. It's just like kind of the Transformers way of doing things. Like, all right, guys, cool. We're going to take this really cool concept, this really cool CGI thing that people really love. We're going to throw it in a movie, and we're going to add a bunch of soap opera drama to it. Okay. Did you guys hear that silence there? Because I think that's what everybody in the theaters feels. Um... Nobody wants to go and watch the soap opera drama when you're there to watch Pokemon or Transformers. You're there to watch the action. So put the action in there. Don't take away the fights and all this stuff. The only fight scene we really got was like this little half-witted thing with Charizard. And that was nothing. So it would have been really, really good to see some fighting and things like that in there. Hopefully, um, since they probably are not going to do a Detective Pikachu 2, according, just, according to Justice Smith, hopefully they can maybe do a reboot 
use the same types of CGI elements and technology to make a Pokemon film uh, series that I think would be really, really cool. Alright. Next up, Marvel. Um, the Blade movie is going to start filming in 2022. Now, guys, I am super excited about this. Um, very, very excited. I, I just... I love the old Blade movies with Wesley Snipes. If you guys have not watched those, please do. They're really good vampire films. They're good superhero films. Um, just really, really good uh, quality films out there. Now, yeah, some of the dialogue is, you know, a little too vulgar, and they, they throw some swear words in there just to try and be cool sometimes. I think that was Wesley Snipes' type of, um, type of directing, but... Um, you know, it was good quality films and added content to the character. So really good series there. Go back, check those out. They were pretty good. Uh, but the new one coming out, I am really excited. It's going to be really, really good. Stars one of the characters that was actually in the Hunger Games. Um, he played like the lead of the uh, military uh, for the re resistance uh, there in the Hunger Games. So uh, I can't remember his name or anything right now. But really, really great uh, actor. So super excited for those films. Um, okay, and sticking with Disney, as far as Marvel goes, um, Disney is being sued. Okay? Now, this is not something that, you know, it's not world-round news that Disney's getting sued, right? They get sued all the time, guys. They get sued by people at their theme parks if they trip and fall over themselves. You know, they try and sue Disney for anything. So, it's not big news, but the big news about it is that they're being sued by Horizon Comics for Iron Man design. All right, so Horizon Comics has a comic series that um, they have some super type suits that they use, very similar to Iron Man. And I looked at some of the graphics and things that they're saying, you know, kind of coincide with it. This is the second time Horizon Comics has tried to sue Marvel over this same topic. But here's the thing, guys. At some point, we've got to get over this copyright crap, okay? I get it. It's important. I completely understand it's important. I know that. So don't get me wrong. I understand copywriting is important. I understand all of that. But Horizon Comics, look, if I started a comic series today and I go out there and I'm designing superheroes, it my star superhero is going to look like some superhero somewhere else. There is hundreds of superheroes being created. Thousands of superheroes been created over the years, and no one is going to make a comic book hero or a comic book character that does not or ha look like a current or past comic book character of some kind somewhere. Guys, it's just going to happen, and at some point, it's going to get in the world to where, at some point, you're not going to have anything original anymore. Like, things are just going to look like something else, and you got to get over it, okay? I get it. Horizon's trying to get their money or whatever. They're just trying to get a payday. I get it, okay? But this is absolutely ridiculous. There is no—this doesn't hold water. And I think it's really ridiculous that they're suing Disney over this because, guys, look, it's superheroes. They all kind of look the same to an extent. They really do. They all look the same to an extent. They have the same type of build. They're going to have some type of armor. It's going to have, you know, the armor is going to have a pattern that looks good with the human body. Like, seriously, come on, guys. There's only so much you can do with that. So, whatever. Anyway, we'll see how that develops. I don't think that anything's going to happen, just like the case that was filed before. Uh, it should end up getting dropped, but whatever. 
Next, this is the last uh, news update for today. I'm super excited about this. Uh, well, I was super excited for this. I'm super excited to mention it. The Goonies remake series. Yeah, y'all are super excited just now, right? Not happening. It's not moving forward at Fox, guys. So Fox was like in talks, looking at maybe doing the Goonies as a TV series, which I like. I like the idea of doing that. I don't like a lot of reboots, things like that, and the Goonies is a classic movie. So doing a reboot of the movie, I don't really think would be a good idea. But doing a Goonies television show, a live action show, I think would be awesome. But sadly, Fox is not moving forward with it. So we will have to wait some more time to get updated Goonies fix, guys. I have to wait a little bit more time here. So we will see how that goes. Um, you know, I highly doubt that uh, Samwise Scamgee uh, will be reprising his role in any series or anything like that. But uh, it would be nice to see uh, a Goonies television show. I think the characters and the, the group of kids would add a really funny dynamic that we could have a really lighthearted and cool television show nowadays if they did decide to do that. So hopefully they do at some point. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, uh, that is all the news that we have from uh, the most recent week. So yeah, we really appreciate uh, you guys uh, listening, tuning in today. Uh, I know it's a bit longer, so let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, you know, is it too long of segments? Do it once a week. Should we go back to doing two? Um, we feel like this will be a lot better where we do it one day a week. You can pause it, come back to it, listen to the new segment a different day if you want. Um, but it just helps us kind of balance out the other channels we're doing with the sports podcast that we're doing now as well. So let us know what you guys think. Uh, we have our Facebook um, and our email below. So like, share, subscribe, send the content to some other people as well. And we'd love to make sure the channel gets keeps growing and uh, gets more listeners. And the more it does, the more we might be able to go back and do two days a week. Um, so that would be great as well. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, really appreciate it. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, and yeah, thank you. Have a great one.